0: Mm-hmm. Woo! good morning and welcome back to the second hour of love babs love talk hey dr shaka Felder in the house Good morning. Welcome. Oh, you are jamming. <laughs> that's okay to that's start the day. My producer Harry keeps me in good music. <laughs> oh, yes. I love it. I love it. Ooh, how are you? I'm tired, but I'm good. <laughs> Listen, 20 years in girl. 20 years. Yeah. Is that right? Higher heights, 20 years. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Listen, I that know. lasted longer than my marriage. Let me tell you something. <laughs>
1: I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm. We're, we're, we're happy. We're very happy, very humbled. Just, just happy.
0: <laughs> All right. So when you started this, cause I met you 20 years, I met you just when you just arrived and you was, came to talk to me. I think I was running jumpstart and you were like, this is what I want to do. And I was like, really? You know? Uh, so when you start, when you had that dream, what was the dream? What was the dream initially?
1: So I, I I've been comfortable now telling this story, I guess, when you get older, you get more comfortable telling your story a little bit more because I didn't feel comfortable way back when. But um, I lived in Buffalo for about 10, a little over 10 years. I went to undergrad in Buffalo. And and I tell the story because, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. Um, and um, I, God gave me a vision. I'm being totally honest with you, Babs. And I, one night I just wrote down um, Higher Heights. I, I literally wrote it all down on a yellow notepad. Um, and I called it um, an empowerment center. I didn't have the name Higher Heights yet. I called it the empowerment center. And I wrote the entire model out. Then um, then my fiance, who you love dearly, now my husband,
0: Steven, <laughs> my, my cigar and drinking <laughs> buddy.
1: <laughs> he loves his cigars, boy. Um, but then we moved to um, New Haven. I was recruited to to work in New Haven or work in the state, actually, and took that notepad out. And I I, I don't know. I I went to an event on um, now it's was Longwood, right in front of Hill Regional Career. Jackie James was an alderman back then, and I heard that she was bringing. Um, a tribe called Quest to New Haven. And I'm a Harlem girl. So a tribe called Quest means a lot to me. So I wanted to go see a tribe called Quest. And I just went down there and they never showed up. <laughs> but but I got a chance to talk to Jackie and I told Jackie what I was what I wanted to do. And I had like this, you know how the old school um science fair, like the three-pronged science fair the
0: <laughs> I had made.
1: Like this three prong thing, and I had like higher. I had I don't know if it was called higher heights. Then Am I might. Yeah, yeah. I had the name higher heights. I was sitting in church one Sunday, and the sermon was labeled higher heights, and I was like, "Oh, I received that." And I had higher heights there, and I had this three prong like folder display, like an old third grader science fair. <laughs> and I told Jackie James about it, and then she introduced me to her sister Latrice James. And it just happened from there. And Latrice is one of my um, founding board members, and it just—I don't know—I just—I started it. Um, I always wanted to help kids, like that's—I just wanted to help kids. But I wanted to help kids go to college. Um, and it's—and it's been twenty years.
0: Twenty years later, ten thousand students more. Oh my and gosh! And I, and families like you just don't listen, you don't just take kids. You, you take us too. Like you take these, you take us tired ass parents along with you for the ride. Cause I had two of my children, I have four children, as you know, and two of them came through, through, through higher Heights. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, they, I dragged them, I made them go. They, they didn't want to go because they were like, Oh, more school, more school. But it really was the foundation for how they think about pursuing education. Yeah.
1: And and at, like you when you tell me that yeah, drag the parents, <laughs> the parents don't realize how much they need to be a part of this process. As much as I know you guys want to leave them alone and let them go. <laughs> like Jesse, you know Jesse Phillips, right? Jesse to yes. our 20th anniversary event a couple of weeks ago and we honored him. And he gets on the microphone and he said, You know, we all dump the kids on chaka. We just dump them on chaka. And I just was cracking up, but I love that. I love that the families, you all, the community feels comfortable knowing that like, we're going to do right, do right by you. We're going to do right by your kids. I, I love it. I love it. And that's yeah. all I want. That's
0: all I wanted. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 it's, it is a real testament to what you do um, because I've seen so many kids and I've been sending people over there for years and years and years. Cause I was like. Listen, you don't want to do this college thing by yourself. It is so. People think it's easy, but it is unbelievably difficult to to uh, to do the FAFSA, to to take these kids on college tours. To I mean, that is a lot. And I was like, you know what? If I could outsource this, <laughs> give them the chaka. Give them the chaka. Let's give them the chaka. Let's give them. So when you when you first started, what was what was what 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 did you start with? And what do you have right now? What did you add or subtract in your 20 years of doing this work? So what did I start with? I started with a thought.
1: (laughs) I started with a dollar. (laughs) Um, And literally, um, we only had 25 kids. And Um, Jackie told me about uh, Yale University and how there might be some kids over there who wanted to do some partnerships or whatever. So we literally were over, I think it's a health center or something like that um, every Saturday. And we were just doing SAT test prep back then and um, like character development around the financial aid process. And I don't know where those 25 students came from because I had just gotten to New Haven. So that just tells you that like the need was there yeah. right yeah. nobody knew me and i just started pushing out flyers. <laughs> like let me tell you i'm a hard on girl i'm a hustler like i will go put flyers on your car i will go <laughs> put flyers in your mailbox like i will go do what i i did what i needed to do to put flyers in people's places in barbershops and supermarkets I remember going around the Shaw's I think it was Shaw's supermarket back then (laughs) and I was posting up flyers around high heights in the supermarket Mm. on my own um and we had 25 students and it just it bloomed from there and we did I think our first college tour maybe three years after that um like our big college tour and I took those kids to like DC Maryland um and it, we just kept kept it going what i've added since then is we're no longer an after school program like that saturday saturday model was considered like an after school program mm-hmm. and so now we're in we service from 25 kids to 1000 kids every year so we're in three schools in new haven three schools in hartford and i still run myself The traditional Saturday program. So we now have full time staff. Um, I have six full time staff. Um, They do the Monday through Friday stuff in schools. And I take the families who are in the greater New Haven area who want to do like that, still that old school Higher Heights Foundation program on Saturdays and Sundays. I'm with them. Um, But yeah, we have a thousand kids that we service now every year.
0: Wow. So that's so. That must be a plus to schools, particularly are you are you still doing s a t prep and you're still doing um that's a lot because s a t as i recall was hard when I was a kid, and i'd been out of high school forty some year, forty years so and now you're getting ready for that l s a t oh girl <laughs> you've you gotta you got to you got to prep for that' <laughs> now you know now you know i mean i'm in a prep program, and that it is it's hard. And I mean, you know, this is what I know, Shaka, and maybe you can speak to this. I, I don't know what we are doing in school education wise, but we are not training kids to think critically and logically about these kinds of things. Not so much to, to teach to a test, but, but I, I feel the deficits just doing this, right? Like I, And I, I got undergraduate, master's degrees, and I feel the deficit. I feel it. Um. What? So when you see kids coming in, do you clearly see the deficits? Do you see them? And how do you address them? So
1: that's a great question. Um, the deficit is there. And I, I want to be clear. The deficit is not just there with our urban students. Let me just be clear. It is there with all of our students. Um, you never
0: hear that, though. You never hear that. It's part. there. Okay.
1: It's there. I want to be very, very clear. Um. And what the way that Higher Heights, uh, I think what Higher Heights does is because students are coming in with a targeted focus, their internal motivation shifts. When you go to school, it's like, I got to go to school. I got to go do this. I just got to go to these classes. I got to, you know, like it's manufactured. When you make that shift and you come to higher heights, whether you were dragged there by your mother named Babs or, you know, you came on your own, like the shift just happens. But the other thing that I've noticed too is our community. Like we have a no nonsense approach to excellence. Like you can't come into higher heights and be average. Like it's just it's like it's embedded in like the way that we are and the way that we approach the kids. And it's carried over into the parents. So even if the parent ha- can't, is, has this attitude, like I have parents who start with us and who are just like, I don't know what to do with my kid. By the time they're done with us, they're like, OK, we're doing this, we're doing this. We're doing this. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's, it's the culture. And I, schools need to adapt that mindset. It's culture. You can have the best curriculum in the world. You can have all the content that you want. But if the culture does not match the family and the kid, that kid is just going to go through school and just be manufactured, like a manufactured human. And, and that's our culture is just built to, to for our kids to be excellent, whether they decide to go to Gateway, because that is still excellence, or whether they decide to go to Yale, because that is excellence as well. Excellence for us is you being successful in whatever fits for you. And I think people know that about us and they don't, there's no pressure to come in and say, oh, I'm going to a four-year school. But if you don't want to, it's nothing wrong with that. Like you're going to be excellent at Gateway. Like I, I, we will make you the next president at Gateway Community College. So <laughs> it's okay. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, that, I do. That's the That's the difference. Like schools need to... Stop manufacturing uh, babies.
0: Wow, that's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful because I, uh, because I, you know, there's so much conversation around, you know, how to teach children and how to teach kids. Like we, we are still stuck on how to teach children how to read, right? Like we are revisiting that conversation, and I'm like, man, if we are stuck on that, how are we training the next leaders if we are, we can't come to a common ground around how to, how to use phonics or not to use phonics.
1: <laughs> but we have, in, even in our program, even, even though we're doing the SAT test part, we do a lot of math in our program, a lot of math. And, but it becomes applied math because mm. we're making the students own financial decisions early on and making connections. Like when I'm in our sessions and we're talking about basic algebra, basic math, I literally have to pull in mathematical equations. And I remind them, I know you learned this in ninth grade. I know you learned this in 10th grade. And then when they apply it to real life situations and they're going, oh, okay. Now they get it. It's not that you can't teach them. They just can't make the connections to how it's applying to real life for it to sink in. That's the difference. You can teach them. Mm -hmm they just are, we're not making it applicable for them to see why it's valuable. You can teach our students all day long.
0: Hmm. So when did, so you, three years in, you started touring colleges, right? You started going, taking kids. And, and I, I would imagine the majority of these kids is the first time they've ever been on somebody's college campus or been outside of their communities to get a taste of. What this could be like so to talk a little bit about that thing behind that like what what is your motivation for that
1: uh when the when when the smiles come you see how i'm like i'm smiling when you say that because we just got off uh what last friday night we just came back from our week-long college tour we do all the pwis during the school year right pwis for those who don't know stands for predominantly white institutions so connecticut um, is surrounded by PWIs. So we visit all the local schools, all the regional schools. But it's always that April or that spring break trip. It's always that trip that does it because we're going Alabama, Georgia, <laughs> North Carolina, Maryland, D.C. So our You're kids, all the HBCUs. <laughs> HBCUs. And for those who don't know, that stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. And yes, I'm taking Hispanic students on this trip. Yes, I've taken Caucasian students on this trip, Um, and our students are just like it's like Candyland. It's like, what is this Um, from 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 the surrounding? If we're in a rural area, we go to Alabama, very rural. They're like, what is this? (laughs) Or we go to Atlanta, Metro Atlanta, and they see all these buildings. So now this generation only sees Metro Atlanta on Ratchet TV, right? So (laughs) then we're driving through Metro Atlanta and I'm like, this is where we are. But then we go to Dr. King's, uh, the Dr. King Nonviolence Center, or we go to the Washington Memorial and, and we see the Capitol, like this generation just experienced January 6th. Like last week, we saw the Capitol and they're able to make those connections and go, oh, this stuff is real. Like, this isn't just a building that I see on TV. Like, these things exist. Um, I'll tell you what was so powerful is, and it's always, and I love it, um, Babs, now when we go, we have kids on campuses, and so, like, when we go to Hampton, we're always calling our higher heights alum, hey, we're on campus, come meet us in the student union, kids come down, go to Morehouse, hey, we're on campus, we're in the student union. Norfolk. Like, hey, we're on campus. And like our Connecticut kids get to see that other Connecticut students took the leap and like went out of state and they're able to make connections and they're talking. So I'm out of the picture. It's just now it's kids talking to kids saying, yep, this is why I go here. This is what I do. This is what I have what I do to have fun. I'm broke. I don't have any money. I
0: don't have any food. <laughs>
1: I love my classes you know it's that and even if we go local we go to southern it's the same thing we go to central it's the same thing but it's always those out-of-state trips like the light bulbs just go they go off and I and I that's why I do it i be tired Babs i be tired girl it, I know <laughs> I love it because it's just like it's those little light bulbs that's why you do it
0: well, you know now, Shaka, twenty years in, you've got a bunch of kids who have already graduated college. Oh yeah, we're we're good.
1: Like, look, <laughs> I we have if I can like flex, as they say. Yes, from, you can. Like, have, <laughs> I have kids who work for Google. I have kids who graduated from Yale. I have students who've graduated um, top of their class from North Carolina and T. We have engineers in California. We have um, air pilots, first-time African American air pilots who are making history. We have chefs. I have a, a chef who is the first Black chef who ever taught at the Culinary Institute of America. Like, I love my kids, and 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 I still stay connected with them. Like, I reach out to them. Hey, of I course can't. you do. Of course you, you do. You know, like I have kids who are having <laughs> kids now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. and but like they're they're in their careers um and, and and on the flip side too I have some kids who didn't finish like it's not uh, we have a great rate for high school graduation but life happens life happens and I have some kids who went to school and they didn't finish but they're still they're still mine like they're still a still part of, and I'm still proud of them because They've just decided like they want to take care of family now. They have other priorities and it's absolutely nothing wrong with that either. And, and I, as long as they're doing great, that's all I care about. Whatever great mm-hmm. means for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So 20 years in. So that means you've built some good relationships with all the schools that you go visit. Like they, now they expect you. And if, and if you don't show up, they're calling you up like, okay, when you, when you, when you gonna bring the next posse of kids through, right? I, I would imagine that that's how it goes down. Like, okay, we didn't hear from Dr. Felder. Like what is that? Somebody make a phone call to Connecticut. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: that feels good. I'm not going to lie to you. I, like even um, we take kids to the HBCU event. We've been doing it. We started it, we brought it to Connecticut. We've been doing that for 19 years. Every year they call me, how many kids you bringing down from Connecticut? And every year I'm like, I remember I brought 20 and then it was like 40 and it was like 50. And I remember one year I brought 10 buses and it's just, I, I love it, Babs. And it's not like for me, it's just like people know what we're doing and it's the pipeline and like, you no, know, we know who to go to and, and pull kids from Connecticut. And I just want the kids to be great for them to have. If we can break down the barriers. That's all
0: I care about. Mm -hmm. And so tell me, tell me about some of the barriers. What, what, what barriers are you kicking down? So there's
1: this um, myth that um, students from the greater New Haven area. One, they are not developmentally ready. They don't have a good um, content or curriculum background um, and or they just don't have um, like the access. And for me, like I that's that's a problem for me that I, I like solving. So if our students don't have access to get to or to find out about like that's our job. Um, and that's that's a real barrier. Um, there's even in our own backyard, there's this there's this myth that um New Haven public school kids can't or Hamden public schools can't. Like that gets on my nerves. And and I, I'm like determined
0: to keep fighting that,
1: to keep mm. fighting that.
0: So what do you say to uh, schools, districts? I mean, or do you do you get to say or do you have some say um uh, about, hey, this is what I'm noticing? You might want to think about this, that, and the other thing. do you do you get to have some consult with with school superintendents and say, you know, I, I've been doing this for a long time, not trying to tell you how to run your schools, but you might want to think about this, 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 this. I mean, do you get to do that and And if you do do that, do they hear you? So I I get to do that. I
1: have personal relationships with folks. I have professional relationships with folks over the years throughout the state. um, Majority of them are in our urban communities, Hartford, New Haven, um, Waterbury. Um, And there are some communities who listen and there are some communities who don't. Um, And the communities who don't listen, it's a matter of, well, like we do our own thing. We got it. I'm like, okay, but your kids are like, your families are still calling. So something's not, something's not meshing. But, you know, when I have those personal relationships with folks, they are able to listen Um, for the, for the superintendents who I, there are some superintendents who I can call who I trust and they trust me and they ask me for support or advice or guidance. And, and I'm always there to support um, because it's, again, it's about like the, the, the greater is the good, the community at whole. And if I can help any district look good in terms of how many kids are going to school, how many kids are getting access to, to college and career, it's a win-win for everybody.
0: Mm, mm. I like, I like that. You you seem to have a very different and I, you know, we, we're both Delta, So there's a lot of us in the education system, right? There's like a gazillion of us. And you seem to have a very uh, different approach. You have a very calm, uh, uh, positive approach to education. Like, I don't think I've ever seen you, like, oh God, I hate this. (laughs) Like, I I don't think I've ever heard that out of your. Mm -hmm. I guess I've never seen any burnout. You know, I know, (laughs) listen, I know you get frustrated. You all get frustrated. (laughs) But I'm not, I'm not seeing. Evidence of burnout. Like I don't, I don't know. But no, maybe that's what, you do that's get husband, burned that's out. My,
1: I do, but that's what my husband. is for he gets the brunt all of that. <laughs> and my board of directors. You talk to my board. They will tell you. They like, oh no. <laughs> that's when we have those. Uh, let's let's go behind closed doors and talk it out. I do get burned out. I do get tired. Um, but my mother was an educator, New York City public school educator for um, a little over thirty years. Wow. My father was a New York City police officer. My grandmother was a social worker for the city of New York. Um, And I remember (laughs) my mother was a a fourth grade public school teacher for years. And I hated going into her classroom as her own kid. But she loved her kids. And every year, she talks about it to this day, she would do this Motown um, review. She would teach her kids. And it wasn't during Black History Month she would teach her kids everything about Motown. And like, she loved it. And she always talks about it. And anytime you run into any kid in New York City who was ever taught by Ms. Jackson, they always talk about Motown, how much they know about Motown. And like, she was teaching them about music, about culture, about history, about life, like uh, collaboration, coordination, singing. Like they, the kids didn't even know they were learning all of this as a fourth grader but it's a memory that they hold on to forever yeah that's my drive do you see what I mean so like if my mother who is like over 70 now can still talk about how much she did not teaching them math reading writing or you know whatever but those experiences that made them better humans like that's that's why like, I, I get happy about it. But I'm not going to lie, Babs. This joint is hard because <laughs> adults are hard to work with in <laughs> education. It don't be the kids. And you know that. The kids are fine. Kids are great. Kids are going to be kids. I don't care what people say. But it, it gets hard because it's the adults that get in the way.
0: Mm, mm. So um, <laughs> I know you do a lot of scholarship search, right? Lord. Because yeah. kids gotta pay for education. Write,
1: you know anybody that can write my kids a, a check? <laughs>
0: These days yeah, I need someone can. to write me a check when I start applying. <laughs> College is so
1: expensive right now.
0: It is. But they say there's money out there, Shaka, but it's a it's yeah. a far and wide
1: search though, right? It's a it's a part-time job getting scholarships. Like you have to like we start the scholarship process with our kids early. Some kids commit to it, some kids don't. It's a part-time job getting scholarships. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. And college is not getting cheaper. Or easier to get into. Yeah. Did you know that um, North Carolina A&T had 40,000 applicants and they only could take 3,000?
0: Oh, my God. Forty thousand applicants.
1: I said when I went down there last week. I said I guess we got to start another HBCU because y'all don't have enough space. Like <laughs> we need to open up another school.
0: Send them across the street to Bennett. <laughs> too, right, like level the Johnson yeah. C. Smith and Charlotte, and
1: yeah, that, that's true. You're right. Like and going of them, down to Philander. Yeah, you tr- you're right.
0: You're right. There's you're enough right. of them. They just got to work together in terms of listen we got 40,000 applicants. Y'all, y'all look at some of these applicants and see who y'all can offer something to, you You're know, right. and, and neighboring, neighboring. Cause listen, it's all South as far as I'm concerned.
1: You're so right. they should start sharing applications, like put them in an applicant pool and just yeah. like,
0: yeah, they pick. yeah, I think so. Like where did 40,000 kids come from? well you know it's the greatest great uh, let me let me let me let me make sure there's no Howard people listening it's the greatest homecoming on the planet
1: it is (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's what they say turn
0: to tell you that's what they say that's what they say although the Howard people would fight you on that but okay Howard and so with the grambling people and so with the Florida A&M yes So everybody get a little piece of this fight. So, um, so, so Shaka, when you think about the future, what do you what do you want for higher heights? What is the dream? Um,
1: I always wanted our own physical building, mm-hmm. and I think that's probably why I was like that's why I'm a co-founder of Booker T. Washington Academy in New Haven. I always wanted um like a our own like a building like. So not a school, but like a building. Um, I've always dreamed there's a there's a property downtown New Haven I've always wanted to buy. Um and that's my dream.
0: <laughs> where is it? You tell me where it is. Um
1: it's it's taken right now. It's right down by Dunkin Donuts. It's where the military, I think the military has that location, but it's all glass. And and I want that space. <laughs> I, I want, I want, and I want it right there. I want that space um, so bad for so many different reasons. Um, and I just see us being able to do so many different things for the community in a space like that right there. That's what I want. That's my dream. Now, my second dream. Well, my first first dream actually did come true a couple of months ago. Um, I always dreamt that we would um, be a a premier partner with the university. And the University of New Haven reached out to me last summer and said, hey, we've been watching you guys for a long time. You sent a lot of kids to us and we want to partner with you like officially. And yeah, Babs, can can I tell you what we just like what just happened? Because I've been crying since August. The partnership with Higher Heights and UNH is a formal partnership signed in MOU, black and white with the university in perpetuity, um, students who come through directly through higher heights will earn a $20,000 scholarship per oh. per year to go to UNH, per year. Do you know how much money that is?
0: Yeah, girl. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, and um, we, on the front end, To help our kids get in, um, UNH is also offering higher high students free courses. So they can take free courses prior to getting into UNH. Now, if the students choose not to go to UNH, they can still take those college courses and take them wherever they want to go, southern, central, whatever. Um, But that alone, that's like $80,000. Wow. So, if Higher Heights is now working with right now, we have a thousand students in our database that we're physically working with this school year. We've had a little over one hundred apply to UNH. Wow, this year, and I'm still counting those numbers. But that dollar, Higher Heights, being when you asked me early about barriers, Higher Heights being that entity to open up access, $80,000 a kid. Okay. Okay. You don't want to go to UNH. Okay, fine. But if you go to UNH, you want to study criminology, criminal justice. UNH is one of the top schools, is the top school in the state of Connecticut when it comes to criminal justice. Their Mm -hmm. Their engineering program is premier. They have an amazing business program. Like UNH is a great institution, right? And you want to partner with Little Old high Rights to provide access for 1,000 babies, Black and brown children? Like, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just humbled.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's a wonderful thing. Congratulations. Thank you. Because that, that'll, first of all, it'll take a financial burden off a lot of students. It, and like you said, it's a very fine institution you know um they're getting a world class education so that's you know that's worth everything right there um and and i like it <laughs> i just, I like, I it just like it i just like, I like it, it too.
1: I, I just i like the the investment that the president is making and then we have some other things in and you know aligned with that partnership that um that's coming down the pipe too but that one was immediate, and it it applied to this year's graduating class. I have kids this year who are class of twenty twenty three who are going to be walking on UNH's campus, debt free. Like that's so. If yeah. look, look, you think about it, if a if a student goes to New Haven Public Schools, for example, and they they're part of Higher Heights, they are also Promise eligible, and then they also love Mr. Barber. They also get the New Haven scholarship fund.
0: Look, That's a win. That's a win. Any which way you cut it,
1: that's a win. Any which way you cut it,
0: mm-hmm. it's a win all the way around. Right. Yes. I, right. I, now I'm not trying to go back in time to raise no more children, but I'll tell you. <laughs> Listen.
1: Yeah. And I. Oh. And yeah. That's why we're here.
0: Well, mm-hmm. I, I'm. 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 Over the moon ecstatic for your success of this program in 20 years I was talking about this in the in my hour before I was like you know what I I cannot believe it's been 20 years like it just feels like yesterday that you I met you and and you were talking about this and
1: and people were looking at me like I was crazy (laughs)
0: they were like you want to do do what girl you want to do what? they were like they were like who are you where did you just come from (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) So there you go. There it is right there. You can yeah, look at it. Is, and, uh, yep. Look at our UNH partner right there at the top. Yeah, I see um, it. it's, it's, And I didn't even notice it until you said it, right? Like now I would like see it. Like, oh, yeah. I see it. I see it. So and, well, and uh,
1: our program, um, like I said, we're in three high schools. Um, but if families still want like that original higher heights after school touch, um, applications are open now. It's at the top of the screen. They can apply. Mm-hmm. Um and and enroll i keep the saturday program capped i would love to take a thousand but i can only take a few like 40 50 kids <laughs> um because yeah. if you want the bigger program you know at hill house we're at hill house high school new community and hill regional career high school in new haven and then in harford we're at weaver Hartford high and buckley high school okay um Good. so they can you know get those experiences directly through those schools but after school, the, the Saturday program is, is me. You get, you get me directly on Saturdays and Sundays.
0: <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm so know. proud of your success. And I, and if I had more time, would you have to come back? Cause you know, I want to talk about fitness and oh. uh, and I didn't get a chance to talk about, <laughs> and I didn't get a chance to talk about the legends ball. Cause like you just oh. had it, you know, I didn't get invited, but
1: Yes, I, you did. Did
0: I? Oh, yes, I, you
1: did. You're no, on my no, mailing no. list. You got an
0: invitation.
1: You all better right. make sure it didn't no, come no. back to me.
0: No, I'll yes, back you me. did. I'll, I'll be there next year. Let me tell you something. I saw the picture. I was like, wait, wait, wait. why am yes, I not there? Uh-huh. So, But no, I and I love I love that whole concept of what you do with that, you know, yeah. uh, because that gets them ready for the real world when they start to go places and, and have to dress up and be appropriate and, you know, learn some skills and, you know, how to, how to be in in fancy places, which is, which is, if you're not, if you don't have that experience, you don't know that experience. So, so high five to you for just covering all the bases for the young people. Thank you. All the bases. (laughs) I love you, Dr. Felder. You are my, one of my favorite people and I'm such a fangirl. Thank you. (laughs) So happy (laughs) 20th. And uh, you just going to come back on and we're going to talk some more. Okay.
1: <laughs> all right. Put that music back on. You were jamming. I, <laughs> I was like, I'm, you know, I'm all, I'm going to say the music. That was, you was jamming.
0: <laughs> all right, Harry, hit it. I'll be back tomorrow. Dr. Shaka Feldman, y'all go to uh, Higher Heights and uh, check them out. And you know, young people, parents, kids over there. Thank you, Shaka.
1: Yeah, I love you, girl. Thank you love so you, much. Love
0: you. <laughs> I'll lying, it